Welcome to the Your Dream or Mine podcast, the place to be if you dream of living a life of fulfillment, freedom, flow, and most importantly, fun. I'm Laura Cruz, the Dream Transition Mentor, the creator of the unique six-step Dream Transition Method, which will take you from idle daydream to transitioning into your wildly successful freedom-based business. Listen to inspirational stories from women who have been brave enough to take the leap from corporate and now live the life they've always dreamed of. Women like you and me. They did it, I did it, and you can too. Grab a cuppa, find a cosy spot, then sit back and enjoy the episode. My guest today on the Your Dream or Mine podcast is Carolina Zadkowska, which I hope I've said correctly, um, who is an alcohol-free coach. And I am talking to her. I'm in Amptil in Bedfordshire and she's in San Diego. So welcome to the podcast, Carolina. Thank you so much, Laura. I'm super excited to be here today. I think you're my first American guest. Mm. Super exciting. Um, and uh, as I said, I, I did my best to pronounce your surname correctly, but um Hopefully I did I, I did it some justice. So it was perfect. Carolina, you're an alcohol-free coach and you have written a book called Euphoric about how ditching alcohol is the key to gaining a happier, more confident you. So can you tell us a bit about that? Because I, I'm guessing that the, that story relates to you. Absolutely. You know, alcohol is like a weird topic in our society. It's very often unmentionable when we do talk about it. It's very lighthearted. Let's go out to drinks. Let's go to the pub. Let's go to the winery this weekend. Or we'll talk about it very seriously when, you know, someone hits rock bottom and they had to go to rehab and now they have to go to AA meetings and be an alcoholic for the rest of their life. And it really gives us this huge missing gap of being able to be very conscious and aware and talk about it in our world, because I feel like everybody has an alcohol story. It is something that is a yep. rite of passage and something we is put on us by society since we're teenagers, basically. And so I kind of found myself in that middle. I uh, partied very hard when I was in college and in grad school. But by the time I'm in my late 20s and turned 30 years old, I considered myself a very healthy and mindful person. So I uh, lived the healthiest lifestyle Monday through Thursday. I would eat my vegetables. I'd go to yoga class. I'd meditate. And then every weekend, alcohol would come in and basically bulldoze all that healthy progress I made through the week. Right. And on Monday mornings, I just woke up feeling literally physically unwell. Also, just like this dark cloud of negative energy was following me around. And like something was wrong with me that I couldn't make my relationship with alcohol work. I woke up on these Monday mornings literally for years and I would look around me and want to make a change, but literally everyone else was doing the same thing. I thought something was wrong with my body. Maybe I couldn't process alcohol the way other people could, but I really kept it up, you know, as both a relaxation coping tool, but also just what you did to fit in with events and different kinds of thoughts for so long. And it wasn't until I heard a dry January, which originated in the UK, that I finally felt like I had permission to take a break because before the only thing I ever heard of was sobriety and, you know, quitting drinking and going to AA meetings. And that really terrified me. And I also didn't really relate to this story. I actually drank less year after year as I got older, not more necessarily. Right. But it was still really bothering me. And so I intuitively knew it to take this break and the break was really amazing. Like I, I not only had more energy, I was sleeping better. I started feeling more comfortable in my skin without alcohol. Yep. And I just felt like the, the shame or the, the 
the robbing of my self-esteem. Anytime I let myself down, like all of a sudden I was doing what I set out to do every single day. It just felt so good. I was just so proud of myself. February comes along and I don't really think I'm allowed to keep up with it because, you know, normal adults must drink. And so I drink socially a few times that February and the contrast is incredible. I don't sleep well at all, even after one or two drinks. My mood in January was really euphoric. I was having really moments of gratitude and appreciation and just noticing the nature around me. And all of a sudden I'd have a drink or two and I'd get impatient and apathetic and frustrated. So it really just changed my mood so fast. So that contrast really got me to see, wow, alcohol is not what I thought it was. I decided to take another break at that moment. And that break basically turned into four years later. And why I love to talk about how much happier it makes you is because one, that's actually proven in your biochemistry. Alcohol really does a number on our brain chemicals. And so taking a break or going alcohol free will actually make you physically happier. But why did it make me more confident is I recognized that a lot of the reason why I was drinking in the first place was I was bored. I was unfulfilled. It was like Monday through Friday, couldn't go fast enough. I couldn't wait for the weekend. And I didn't realize this because I was unfulfilled with my week. And so I also got the confidence I needed through that break to change my life. I started my business. I wrote a book. I quit my job. And now I find fulfillment and meaning as an everyday thing instead of something that's just this immediate gratification on the weekend. So fascinating. And it's really interesting what you were saying about how everybody drinks. And and I know not like a hundred percent of people, but it is that thing that you do. Right. And, um, I was, when you were talking, I was trying to think of the the book that I read about a girl that gave up drinking. It was really good. I read it a few years ago, but she was saying that it's the only thing that we do that people won't accept it. If you say you're giving up smoking, they don't try to give you a cigarette and say, go on, you really want one. If you, you know, if you, if you say that, you know, if you're a drug user and you give up drugs, people don't try to force drugs on you, but yeah, if you say that you don't want to drink, people try to change your mind. You know, they're kind of like, yeah. go on, go on, just one. And it's like, why, why do we do that? Why do we need that? Why don't we respect people's, um, you know, decision or lifestyle choice to say, actually, I don't want that? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's fascinating. But that's the thing is for so long, I didn't think I had permission basically permission to do this. And what's, what's fascinating about it is alcohol. When you really look at it subjectively, it's not very good for you, right? It is a toxic beverage. It has all these health effects. Nobody needs a reason to not drink. Nobody needs an excuse or anything like that. It's, it's simply a, you know, a lifestyle choice because you want to be happier, healthier, whatever it is. It doesn't matter how much you drink or how little you drink. It, the labels I think is what we get in this old fashioned paradigm of pairing people as like, Oh, you're a normal drinker. You're a problem drinker. You know, a lot of people who drink, drink above the health guidelines. They're very low, these health guidelines, right? And so instead of like pairing people up against each other or having these old fashioned ideas that non-drinkers are boring or religious or just something like that, I think we're really going to see a huge change in our awareness around alcohol where just like cigarette smoking used to be the norm, right? And that really was just what everyone did. I think we'll see a big change around this too. But I think more people just have to stand up and show people what's possible and that there's alternative lifestyles out there. Definitely. So tell me, how did, when you gave up drinking, did that change your, your lifestyle or the people you interacted with? Because I think for me, alcohol has often been kind of not part of me, but you know, it's part of that sociability with friends. So what, what did that look like for you? Absolutely. So, I mean, first of all, I had to recognize that I started drinking 
and most of us do for that social element. Most of us start drinking in a group somewhere right out as we're young ones getting to know the world. And a lot of it too, for me was I was very shy when I grew up, I'm an introvert. And so for me, when I started drinking as a teenager in late high school, I literally thought it was the key, the secret to being an extrovert. Right. And so not only do I do it because it's, you know, it's all about belonging and fitting in and being an adult and being an independent, see all of these cultural attachments we put on alcohol. It's not just this fermented beverage. It has this meaning that we attach to it, meaning that may or may not be true. Right. And so not only was it this key to fitting in, it was also this key for me to feel like a different person, like a more extroverted, bubbly person. But over time, what I was really teaching myself was, Carolina, you're not interesting. You're not smart. You have nothing good to say. Nobody likes you unless you have this drink in your hand. And so it actually made me very insecure over time. It it crumbled my self-esteem. I mean, there was the nights I actually embarrassed myself, right? Like it didn't make me more confident whatsoever. So learning how to socialize without it, first of all, it was like a muscle I had to work out. You know, it was a muscle I had to strengthen. But then how did, and once I did, you know, I found that confidence within. And I really found that like, yes, it can be a little awkward at first, but I really found the true nature of me kind of discovering how to feel that on my own and building that confidence within. And then how do people react to it? Obviously, yes, it's such an expected thing that we do. But when I first started telling people that, you know, I feel so much better without drinking, I actually got a lot of like, oh yeah, me too. I don't like how I feel after drinking, right? Mm. Like it's this taboo, vulnerable, unmentionable thing. And yet nobody feels amazing after a night of drinking. Like that's just human biology, right? Yeah. And so a lot of my friends actually related and some of them decided to take breaks themselves. But what really ended up happening is that I started attracting people into my life that really had this new vision. And it's not to say I only hang out with non-drinkers now, but Instead of going out on the weekend, you know, I started building a business. Instead of yeah. uh, thinking that the highlight is a bottle of wine, I started writing a book. And the fulfillment I got from that was incredible. I started choosing my dreams over a beverage and I started attracting more people into my life who were doing very similar things. And not to say everyone I hang out with is a non drinker, but it's almost as if drinking is kind of irrelevant. Like they've got so much bigger things going on, right? Yeah. That it's yeah. not the main focus of their lifestyles anymore. And so it's honestly been this cool ripple effect that I've made in my friend circles where we've all kind of elevated together and then attracted more aspirational people into my life. Fantastic. Yeah. Super interesting. So, and, and I think what's really interesting about your story then is that the dry January thing or dry January, whatever you want to call it, that do you think, do you think you would have come to that conclusion anyway at some point later, or that was the spark that said, Hey, try it for a month and see how you get on. Yeah. And I mean, I love dry January so much because, you know, other than like pregnancy, like most of us just don't give us the opportunity to actually see how we feel without alcohol. And a month is great. Uh, My book will guide people through a two month break because the health benefits and the things that change both in your body and your mind, like take, take some time, but what they are is just so incredible. You know, uh, blood pressure goes down, cholesterol goes down, gray matter grows in your brain, your liver heals, cancer markers go down in your blood. But then also like you, you regain a lot of lost sleep because alcohol really impairs the quality of sleep. So you yes. start to get more energy. You start to feel more motivated every day. And I think there's these mental changes too, because for so long, alcohol was like an Achilles heel for me. And all of a sudden I'm going like two weeks, four weeks, six weeks, you know, hundred days without it. I feel like a badass. And it's almost yeah, as if, yeah. Like, yeah. if I can do this, 
what else could I do? And there was this kind of questioning and that's really what yeah, this yeah. confidence I got started spilling out into other areas of my life. The way I see a break from alcohol though, is it's kind of apples to oranges. Before I took that break, I had no idea how I felt without alcohol since I was like an adolescent, which is just a rife time anyway. I never knew as an adult what it was like to, you know, brush my teeth every single night and take my makeup off and sleep well and wake up feeling amazing, right? Nights I drank that didn't happen. It was just this new self-discovery period that I did. And I always like to say, like, try it, right? Try it. See how you like it. See how you feel. If you don't like it, you can always go back to drinking. But until you try it, you kind of don't know. And as I go longer and longer into it, not only did I kind of recognize why I was drinking, um, what was missing in my life really for me was this bigger fulfillment piece. I was bored, right? And so I started creating a life that I wouldn't be bored from. I started giving myself so much more meaning and fulfillment based on what I do, what I've always wanted to do, and really smashed a lot of self-limiting beliefs at the same time. So Mm. for me, that break was so great too, because it also didn't mean I was quitting forever. Um, I decided not to, to drink, you know, I started to become alcohol free much later, but I got to evolve to that point. Once it was almost like, I don't really care for alcohol anymore. Like I don't want to drink it, you know? And that's how I got to that point. But at first it was just a break. And that break really allowed me to get curious, explore, just kind of try it out without committing to anything. Because I think if someone told me like, okay, you can either have this lifestyle, which is just okay. And you'll have the like negative consequences of drinking, but you know, whatever, or quit drinking forever, it would have been hard for me to make that choice. I just didn't know. Yes. So that's why I really love the idea of a break. It's just allowing yourself to experience something different, no limits, no judgment, no shame attached to it. And a lot of people that I work with and that I meet in this realm, they love it so much. They just don't want to go back. So do you think that, do you think that's it now for your life? You think you'll never, ever have another drink? Yeah. So I know that when I talk to clients or women, like never or forever are the scariest words to the human brain. Yes. Uh, Personally, I have, you know, I have when, as I was growing in my first year alcohol free, there were times when I was like maybe two or three or four months in. And I was like, well, maybe I could drink occasionally or something like that. So I had all these kind of mindset blocks myself. I had to like work through them. And I, for me, and this is very unique. This is very personal. I asked myself, what would be the point of me drinking occasionally? Why do I want to do that? And I was like, mm. well, you know, at a wedding or a toast or whatever. And I was like, yes, but why Carolina? And I was like, well, I guess I just want to fit in in that moment. And I was like, okay, mm. fit in. You mean be mediocre, be average, be normal or be exceptional or be extraordinary or live mm. this life that you could never imagine. I remember being in Japan a few months alcohol free and I was uh, given the opportunity to drink. And again, I didn't make that decision yet. It was just a break. And I was feeling euphoric. I had these epiphanies of what I could be doing for my life. I started planning out this business. I started getting the confidence to really share about this. I was feeling like a different person. And I took all of that and this new path that was literally being carved in front of me. And I compared it to a beer that I've had literally probably 3000 times in my life. And I was just like, you know what? Been there, done that. This is too good to give up. So that's how I personally landed on it. And honestly, I don't even say the word forever. Like, I don't really have any desire to drink. It's almost like I smoked cigarettes when I was in college. You couldn't pay me today to smoke a cigarette. Like, it's just not in my mind. It's so small. And so that's what happened with alcohol. It just became the smaller, smaller part of of my life. And and it just in the rearview mirror, it got, you know, less and less important and more insignificant. 
And so uh, wherever someone is, you know, you never have to land on the word forever or never. Yes. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, if for it's sure. feeling good, if it's going well and you're really enjoying it, why not see what you're capable of without that in your life? You know, because it's been the wildest journey of my life. I've accomplished some of my biggest dreams, which literally to me before used to be pipe dreams. I never thought they were possible in my lifetime. Mm. And I've done that all because of this change in my life. So what did you do before, you know, before you set up your own business? What were you doing in your career beforehand? Yeah. So I was working in higher education in a top business school in the United States. And I have to say, like, it wasn't the worst job. It was fine. It was like there was a lot of working with university students and helping do social impact activities. So there was some sense of purpose to it. But at the same time, like it wasn't my idea of what I wanted to do. You know, like I, I always, I never wanted to have a boss. I wanted to be able to travel. I also wanted to make a really direct impact in people's lives. Not just like the buzzwords a company says, but like this really personally knowing I've changed someone's life. I always wanted to make a difference that way. And so, you know, I, I also had these big fears about like, well, who's an expert and you know who I thought an entrepreneur used to be. I used to think an entrepreneur was this white tech genius that lived in the Silicon Valley, right? Mm. And me, I'm like this shy foreign kid. I never saw myself as an entrepreneur. And it was really like that, that break from alcohol that just got me to question all that. Like, well, who said that? Who said, and why not you? Why not you? And same thing with writing a book. Like I always wanted to write a book ever since I was a little kid. I'm a big reader. I used to love to write when I was younger. I would write short stories and poems And it's so funny, but I go off to college and I start drinking a lot more regularly. And basically my writing just dries up. And I hated that. I knew I like love to express myself and I always wanted to still write this book. So I would make New Year's resolutions every year in my 20s to write like 15 or 30 minutes a week. And I would do it for the first week in January. And then that's it. And I never had more than a paragraph at the end of the year. And there was a part of me that literally was just gave up. There was just like this goal, this dream is just not going to happen for you, you know? And when I went alcohol free, you know, I noticed all of a sudden I'm having massive epiphanies and I'm journaling like crazy. And I start to like really ask myself, like there is a book here. And I remember watching the sunset in Hawaii and the word euphoric just came to me for the first time, like ever. And it was like euphoric. That's the the brand you're meant to launch. That's the name of your book. And I had never felt that sense of creativity and kind of divine connection with like my sense of purpose before. And so I just followed each step after that. And, you know, I wrote the book that I never thought I would be able to write. I got the book deal. It's in bookstores. Like, it's just crazy what happens when you believe that what you want is possible. And I, I just was the type of person that didn't believe things were possible for me as a drinker. Just fantastic. So the, the book, the book is a guide to helping you, is, is a little of your story then, but it's a guide to helping you to take that break from drinking. Yes, it is. So I have a bit of my story and there's some anecdotes of my experience. Basically, it's kind of like a why you should take a break or go alcohol right. free. So the first two parts are basically all of the body health benefits, just incredible things you'll see there, the mind and the soul. So the mind and the soul are kind of redeveloping positive beliefs about yourself, self-love, self-worth, and your soul are just like these beautiful gifts that you get that you never even expected. More connection with people, more presence, more gratitude, more appreciation, more wonder, more fun, right? And then the last part of the book is an eight-week plan for someone to follow to take a break from alcohol. And not only, you know, not drink, it's really not about just not drinking. 
It's about, first of all, uncovering like why alcohol meant played, you know, such a big role to begin with. Like what, what have you been putting onto alcohol, your relaxation, your stress relief, your fun, boredom, all the different things. And then slowly debunking it as a solution in your life so that you start to see it as like, "Mm, you know what I mean? I don't need that. Right. Yeah. And at the same time, you build this great emotional foundation for yourself. But what I really love about the work I do is it's really not about alcohol. It's about you remove the one thing that doesn't serve you and you leave behind this beautiful space. Space that's filled now with your passion, with your interest, with your purpose. And so the end of the book really starts guiding someone on little exercises of discovering what is that new passion going to be in your life? Uh, You know, you know, exploring even just fun activities out there, new hobbies, but also like what what do you want to be known for in your life? What do you want to do? So it's not really about what you lose. It's kind of like, what do you want most? You know, a drink or this life passion that you're discovering or life's purpose. And so it just gives us really sustainable way forward where, I mean, I feel high almost every day because of what I do. <laughs> if that makes sense. I don't need like a drink to give me a high. I think as well, the, uh, you know, I, I can, I can tell from the way that we're talking and and your energy and stuff that you and I would both read and, and, you know, be quite self-reflective and look at, look at kind of our our big why and why we're pushing on and what our dreams are, but so many people don't. So I really like the way that, you know, you've combined that kind of alcohol free approach with all those other things so that actually it does become not what you're taking away, but what you're adding into your life. Oh, absolutely. I honestly, I could care less what people drink at the end of the day. It's not about alcohol, but for some reason, I think the way that it's just been glamorized in our society, the way that habits form, the way that even, you know, mommy juice culture it's just been so normalized as the thing to do in so many situations that we kind of rob ourselves of the opportunity to ask, well, it really is fun for me. What really brings me yes. pleasure? What really lights me up? Because a drink will just trick your brain into thinking that that does it because of the chemical composition and how it relates, you know, moves around your pleasure center in the brain, but it's not real. It's artificial. It's yeah, yeah. the substance, yeah. right? And so really finding that deep, deep uh, answers yourself. I think it's a really cool self-discovery journey to go on. So most people think, oh, you'll get a lot of health benefits. You'll feel healthier. And then the other stuff, you know, it's hard to correlate with it, but I've, I've worked with so many people. I've heard from so many stories on, you know, everywhere I go, it's insane. The transformation that happens. I've, I know a client of mine, she actually quit her corporate job, moved to France and is having the adventure of her lifetime with her family and writing a memoir about her experience. And she seriously says she would never have had the bravery to go after that if it wasn't for this alcohol-free transformation she had. Wow. I was going to ask you what the biggest benefit to you is of your lifestyle then. I think it was just like before I felt like I was asleep at the wheel. And I think in life, whether it's alcohol or literally just doing what everyone else is doing or falling into comfortable routines or TV, whatever it is, fill in the blank. We fall asleep at the wheel. We forget how precious life is. We forget that we are here for a very limited amount of time and that we're supposed to live the life we really want. And we just fall into those routines and that status quo. And I think a lot of our hope is lost too, because we're just dealing with the management of daily crises all the time, right? We don't even have time to think. And so for me, it was like the biggest wake up call. It was like, oh, I woke up, you know? from that sleepwalking. And now I have this sense of like the, the profundity of my life every day. I mean, and don't get me wrong. I still fall asleep at the wheel all the time. You know, there's life is life. life. (laughs) 
but like, it's a, it's a deeper why that I don't forget at the end of the day or the moments where I really get intentional. And it really drives me to, to do things that matter to me, to prioritize the things that matter to me, to live my life according to my values, you know, and to show it not just by my words, but my actions as well. Like nothing could beat that. Um, so being awake to my life is the biggest, biggest gift and actually believing that my life can be anything I want it to be. I didn't, I used to be, I wouldn't say cynical, but definitely didn't believe that before. You know, I believe that you got what you got, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Such interesting, uh, such an interesting conversation. I love it. So how do you, if you work, do you work one-to-one with clients? I do. I work one-to-one with clients in uh, coaching programs. I also have a course called Become Euphoric that uh, also guides people through this eight-week break. And when I work one-to-one with people, you know, obviously, depending on where someone is, we'll remove their desires and the kind of stories that they've they've made up around alcohol over time. Um, so that literally, at the end of the day, it's not what you can't have. You just lose your desire. It's like, oh, I feel lucky I don't have to drink it. And the attachments that have been formed. But also then really that other piece that we've been talking about that I'm just so interested in is like, well, what is next? You know, like you have this beautiful intellect, this beautiful gift, this beautiful spirit, you know, what is going to fulfill you? And it's not necessarily, I know these buzzwords can sound intimidating, like finding the purpose of your life is kind of a crazy statement. I don't necessarily believe we have one purpose, but we probably have a purpose for each phase of life. You know what I mean? Yes. So just finding what's next, what's really going to bring you a sense of meaning, a sense of impact, and really just express yourself and your gifts. I think it's just so important for anyone to feel fulfilled. So that's what we also do in my coaching work. So it's like remove what doesn't serve you, but mostly remove a lot of the mindset blocks around it. I mean, how many people tell me they can't dance without alcohol or they can't go to this networking event or their boss is going to think this? It's all of these, honestly, self-limiting beliefs at the end of the day. So we work through those and we also prove that they're not true. You know, like, Mm -hmm. for example, most people drink because they think it relaxes them. Alcohol actually induces our bodies to release cortisol and stress hormones. So physically, like alcohol does not relax the human body, right? So it's not about taking away your treat at the end of the day. It's about finding something that actually works. Yeah. Yeah. There are so many similarities in in like what you're helping your clients to find to like their purpose and their joy and their drive, because that's what I help my clients with. Really interesting. What I uh, want my clients to ultimately get from their life is the four F. So freedom, flow, flexibility and fun. So now that you run your own business and you're working with clients, which by the sounds of it, you really, really enjoy and you get so much from that. I can tell by your smile. So what does that, what do those four Fs look like in your life? Like the freedom, flow, flexibility, and fun. How does that fit in with you as a business owner? Uh, I think those are such beautiful uh, framework that you have there. And, you know, for me, freedom was actually my biggest value. One of them, Uh, you know, when you do those like top five values, things, freedom was always really big for me and freedom for me, obviously there was like a sense of, I want freedom from the nine to five structure, the corporate, the boss, all that stuff. I want the freedom to travel. But, you know, when I look back at my relationship with alcohol, it's not even sometimes about the alcohol. It was like the mental gymnastics I put myself through, you know, like, should I drink tonight? Should I not? Okay. I only have two. Okay. But I have to wake up tomorrow. There's a presentation. It was this constant chatter. It dominated so much of my brain space. And so not only is there the sense of freedom to do what you want, there's also freedom from 
so much of that baggage, right? Yeah. It's like this clearing that happened. And that's also what I do with my work with my clients. Fun, I think is such a good one because, you know, like I said earlier, alcohol just tricks our brain into thinking it's fun. It's like, yes. it's like you could put these little nodes on a rat and then push a button and the electricity will stimulate their pleasure center. And the rat feels good for a moment, but it's not real, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And like, so when I work with clients, it's also about discovering, well, what brings you a sense of fun? What really do you enjoy? And my clients will try the craziest things. They'll do pottery classes, aerial yoga, boxing, photography. They just open the box of like what's going to please them. And it doesn't always have to lead to a new livelihood. It could just be like, this is just what I do just for joy, for fun. And so the same thing in my life is I went through that same journey and, um, and really just found things that I, I love to do. And now I cultivate and curate my life around, uh, the things I love, whether it's travel, more personal growth. I love going to conferences myself to learn from people I admire, um, you know, seeing people I love hosting retreats, all that good stuff. Uh, flexibility, I think that, you know, and flow, I think are really cool together as well, because I think flow going to, um, the first psychologist who kind of termed that, uh, Mihaly, I cannot say his last name, but really about like when you're in flow, like time passes and you love what you're doing and you're in alignment with your yeah. expression, you're challenging your brain. And I think that's why it's so important to find a new passion because like, I think honestly, as a society, as a culture, we grow so much up until college and maybe our first job. And then it's all just like this plateau. We don't yes, necessarily I learn new skills. We don't challenge ourselves to try new things. I remember, Laura, even just setting up my website for the first time, I was like, who am I? I'm the type of person who sets up a website. Like I thought I had no idea how to do something like that. And yeah, I figured yeah. it out, right? And that was just like the smallest little baby step. But everything since then has been like, okay, I have to learn a new thing. I have to learn how to do a webinar. I have to learn how to host a retreat in a foreign country. I have to, you know, like, and so I think challenging our brain also helps with that flow, but doing it in alignment with what also gives us pleasure. So those are kind of the way I see it and how I've done it in my life, but also the frameworks that I would definitely include for my clients. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true what you say about the, uh, cause I feel the same. I think that when, uh, you know, I'm very focused on helping my clients to follow their dreams, to pursue, to, you know, to have that, that the life that they dream of. But when you are, you know, leading up to kind of being 18, 19, 20, you're encouraged to kind of pursue your dreams. And then after that, you've kind of got to get real because this is life. You've got responsibility, bills to pay, rent to pay, whatever. And, you know, come on, get serious now. And it's almost like we have that joy taken away from us. You can't have that anymore because you've got to get serious and grow up. Yeah. And you don't know how... You don't know how stuck that kept me. Like, I remember I wanted to write as I was saying, and I I told myself a story. Well, writers don't make any money. First of all, I had a job. So does it really hurt me to write a few hours during the week? Am I somehow taking away from my rent money? No. Right. It's just based on fear. And two, I actually got like a six figure book deal and I'm now making more money than I did for my previous job based on this book and the business I launched. So it's so funny. Like, I think we, 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 get that message from society and we do what's safe, yep. safe. Right. And yet, yep. I mean, look at the layoffs, look at how much corporate structures change. Is anything really safe? And ultimately I think we use these kind of excuses because we're scared of the unknown, right. Which yes. is normal. Um, but it's also wildly fulfilling to go out into that unknown and do, you know, the next brave thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That security thing's really interesting. I don't know what it's like in the States, but here, you know, even 
so say stable organizations let people go during the pandemic you know for the for their own reasons i'm not being critical but you know the the security that you had from a a steady job was only really you were only ever a month away from losing that anyway so that you don't have that stability and security that you think you had you know life can change so Fascinating. Absolutely loved our conversation. So before we finish, Carolina, if you could um, leave my listeners with a few words of advice or support or something that might give them a little lift, perhaps something around if they want to dip their toe in taking a break from alcohol, what would you say? Yeah. So I think if this interested you, you know, it's not a black and white thing. It's not a a non-drinker or sober forever. I think it's really just about being really curious, you know, and if you've ever felt stuck, especially in not knowing what to do next, not feeling a sense of creativity or inspiration come to you. Like those were such huge gifts I got when I took a break from alcohol, I would just explore it. And so first of all, by exploring it, you don't even have to take a break yet. So I always say that a lot of times our mindset can kind of change a lot before our behavior does. So read a book, you know, listen to a podcast, just get interested in this topic. You'll find an alcohol-free movement. I'm not the only one talking about it. It is a huge phenomenon happening across the world right now where more people are getting the freedom to express that they love this lifestyle. It's, it's healthier. There's connection. There's just so much going on and so much less of that stigma attached to it. So just, you know, check out my book, check out a podcast. And then if you are interested in a break, you know, 30 days is incredible. Two months will change your life, but even three nights, like if that's where you're starting, it's just like a muscle you have to build. You'll learn about yourself. You'll learn like, well, maybe I get cravings because I'm really stressed for my job. Okay. Peel the layer back. Well, maybe I'm really stressed for my job because my boss keeps giving me work, but he's not giving me more support or more pay. Okay. Is it time to maybe have a discussion or a boundary or like looking for a different job? Like we could drink over the things we don't like in our life forever. But when you take it away, even just for one night, you have to kind of start peeling back like what's going on. And those emotions are going to teach you what you really want. Yeah. Brilliant. So where could uh, where could my listeners find you then? Where, where are you mostly hanging out? Are you on your website or... Yeah, so for sure. So if anyone's interested in getting the book, it's at www.euphoricbook.com. And in the US, it has this like colorful cover called Euphoric Digital Call Gain a Happier, More Confident You. And in the UK, it looks a little different with more pastels. And it's called oh. Euphoric an eight week plan to ditch alcohol and reclaim your life, different publishers, same book. Um, and you can find that www.euphoricbook.com. And then if you're interested in learning more about me, working with me, uh, going on a retreat with me, taking one of my courses or programs, you can find that all at euphoricaf.com. And I'm show up pretty regularly on Instagram at what, as well for all the tips at euphoric.af. Love it. I'll put all the links into the show notes. Um, but thank you. Really enjoyed this conversation. Definitely very thought provoking for me, Carolina. So watch this space. Well, thank you so much, Laura. It was a pleasure speaking with you. You have been listening to the Your Dream or Mind podcast with Laura Cruz. If you enjoyed it, could you do me a favor? Please leave a review. A five star one would be perfect. And subscribe. This helps other listeners to find the podcast much more easily. Oh, and don't forget to come and find me on social media. The links are in the show notes. I would love to help you to transition into your own dream life. It's what I'm really good at. See you next time, my fellow dreamer.